Engaged and Inspired Podcast. A simple warning, we may drop an F-bomb or other descriptive words just in case you have small children with you or are at work. We know many of you are planning right now from your cubicle. You've been warned. The Engaged and Inspired Podcast. And now your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. Be Engaged and Inspired Podcast. This is DJ Sam from Atmosphere Productions. And this is Kia from Engaged Connecticut. And we have a special guest in-house today. It's Mr. Marty Q. Hi, Marty. Oh, good morning, Sam. Great to be here, man. Great to be here. Well, we have had the pleasure of uh, asking you to come in studio with us because we need to talk to you about you, what you do, what you've done. Love talking about myself. <laughs> Doesn't everybody. No. <laughs> I've, no. al- I've always said that it's all about Marty. <laughs> no. But Let's discuss a little bit about your career, and then uh, we're going to hear your new single as well. So, firstly, Marty Q, what, All right. what got you into the music business? Well, you know, I could say passion. I always loved music. I would hear music, I remember, as early as... I mean, toddler, and it would change the way I felt. It just, and I grew up with uh, seven siblings, Ooh, and there was always, seven. yeah, and I was the youngest. Oh. So, you know, I had a brother who played saxophone before me, and I had a sister who played guitar, and I had a brother who played the drums, and that's the uh, instruments that I play now. It's kind of funny, but because hearing them at such an early age, so um, I guess I didn't really choose the music business, it kind of chose me. I just, you know, you don't want me working on your car or, or, <laughs> or painting your house. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I love music. I, I think everybody loves music. Yes. But, um, it's some people just I, I could never not that I want to get away from it, but I just always want to play. I always want to sing. I always want to play instruments. I don't know. It's, it's a, some type of, you know, I, it's just I don't know. It's a gift, I guess, yeah. to, to to love something and at an early age and know it you know so. and w- yeah. what sort of music at an early age were you listening to my uncle i had an uncle who lived in the same three family house and he was a pianist a classical pianist so very early on i got classical piano in me and then um you know it was always the radio pop music um, but my brother playing drums was into the earth wind and fire and he was uh, into yes. the he used to work third shift and he would wake me up in the morning playing drums and i would hear earth wind and fire songs and and then, um, you know, my other brother was into, you know, Pink Floyd and, you know, the head music. And it was kind of funny, but I just, all the, everybody liked something different, you know, and I just had such a, I don't know, it's just such a great uh, education. I mean, I love jazz. I love rock. I love Van Halen. I just, I do. I love it all. Jazz love is all. the one thing I just, I can't do. Really? Really. You're not a jazz aficionado. I'm not a jazz. It feels like everybody's playing something different and it drives. They are. I know, but it drives me insane because I just, I'm like, just pick something. That's just maybe yeah. the planner in me that yes. just needs everybody to be on the same page. Yeah. The syncopation is what, uh, what does it for me. Yeah. And the, well, the thing about jazz that I think you might feel this way is that, like you said, they're all on their own different little uh, wavelength. However, the newer jazz, or they call it smooth, smooth jazz, jazz or contemporary, yeah. <laughs> yeah. is more on the same wavelength. They're just a little bit more sophisticated with the bed that mm-hmm. they lay, and then the, the melody over the top yeah. is is the same melody as pop songs, and it's very sim- it's simplified. But um, yeah. you know, the real jazz guys, and I don't even want to get into that. No, no, but, but uh, <laughs> didn't want to start an argument. <laughs> I, no, no, no. I see. Where you're, believe me, I'm not offended at all. I, I'm. Because I really consider myself more as a, a vocalist and a 
a, a pop singer and I mean doing weddings I mean that's yeah. that's another great education you can't right. just be a one trick if you're gonna play a band in a wedding play at a band with a band you got to do Sinatra and you have to do Motown mm-hmm. you got to do 70s 80s 90s rock and roll new stuff old yeah, stuff no. new stuff you gotta, a good polka every now and then I'm kidding yeah well <laughs> <laughs> so how did you start the singing career then as a uh, as a job yeah um it was pretty simple it was uh, entertain or die i played saxophone at restaurants and i would get hired for two to three hours for dinner music and i was doing well because you know the guests like it it was i mean fortunately for me there wasn't many saxophonists in my area yeah. <laughs> and saxophone is kind of an odd instrument you know growing up and i really was like played clarinet and it was like i thought it was so like um I don't know, for lack of better words, it was, you know, not very masculine and, you know, and I'm like, yeah. well, I got a plates clarinet little thing. Like, it looked like a purse, the, the case. <laughs> yeah, it does. In yeah. a little yeah. square case. And yeah. I wouldn't use the, I broke the handle off and I put it under my arm because <laughs> I was so like, I'm not carrying this purse on the bus, you know, to school. So, um, I don't know. What was the question again? Before I, <laughs> what oh, how did I get? Yes. Right, so, I guess I got into singing because it was very, it was late teens and early 20s and I'm like, you know, I got to start singing or doing, I always liked to sing, but I never really, you know, you got to keep doing it and keep doing it. So I was like, you know, what? I'll sing a few songs. And then that started happening. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is where I got to be. Still play the sax and sing. I started singing more and more. And so singing just, it developed because if you didn't start singing, then I'm stuck to just being a yeah, saxophonist a and, yeah. um, and man, how it evolved. So, so were you ever in a band? Yes, I was in a bunch of bands. Uh, the first band I was in, the wor- first working band was a band called Fantasy, and it was in the early 80s, 84. And I was the drummer. And I sang probably two lead songs a night, but I sang harmonies. And the true test was I was really into it. And I remember the band leader, he's still a good friend of mine, Richie Martinelli. And he said, um, I said, Rich, I, I, I want to sing more. I want to come out in front and sing. This is when the drum machine 80s oh, was like yes. the drum machine <laughs> era was coming. And so I was like, I'll program the drums. I'm coming out in front and singing. And he said, you sure you want to do that? Because it's going to be like having your clothes off. And he, and he tried to give me a quick uh, Education. slap in the face about yeah. it. But like, I didn't look at it that way. I just kind of said, no, I mean, I... I how difficult you got four limbs going you got to sing i said it'll be easier because now i don't Mm -hmm. i could just you know i could just be free so i started singing out front and then i was really hooked and i was like oh yeah this is the way this is what i want to do oh yeah and then i have to i you know you sing practice at home and you sing and you practice and i forced myself to play in bookstores you know (laughs) for no for no money just play and sing because you could sing practice all day at home but unless you go in front of people, you yep. you don't know. So, yep. and then weddings was a great thing because I was always you know I would be at the cocktail party playing right. sex and. So, is that how the two uh, of you met? And that's, that's that's how we yeah. met. Probably at the Aquaturf, which yeah. is probably the most uh, famous venue that uh, I met him at. And along the, with Sam, though, like I had such an incredible education because I was booking cocktail parties come in and play the sax and maybe sing a few dinner tunes. Yes. That was my package, the one and a half to two hour package. And the DJs, you know, 
probably liked it because now if the if the cocktail party is in another room, which yeah. is now they're all that way, yeah. mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about, oh, God, I don't have to bring extra speakers. And, I, and you yeah. get to do your thing. You get to mix. You get to right. talk. You get to entertain. You get to. So and my specialty, which still is, is, you know, playing sax and singing. So uh, but I got such an education because I saw I worked with every DJ. I yeah. would come in. I saw this one do his thing. I saw you, you know, yeah. Sam do his thing. And I saw a bunch of others. I don't know if I'm supposed to mention names here, but, <laughs> but um, depends on what you have to say about so, them. No, no, all good. I mean, I, I've seen all, all Keith Allen and Mike Connolly yeah. and you, Frank yeah. Calibro. Um, just, I mean, that's four or five right off the top right. that were, and they're still doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that and, says a lot too. And you were there for the cocktail hour only. Yeah. Um, and, occasionally and then you maybe do the a, a few dinner. If, if, you know, the package was like a, Two fifty, two hundred fifty dollars, yeah. which in a, a wedding back budget then. is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But way back when, yeah. two hundred fifty dollars to accent your cocktail party. You got a saxophonist. You know, it's a little bit cosmetic. It's cool. You got a guy. He's playing a real instrument, and um, you know, hopefully the music's good too. Right. But it's cool to look at, especially if you're outside. You got a cocktail party on the patio, and you know, you got background because you know they always call it back. We call it wallpaper music, or you know, jazz, yeah. or but. But it's not really. No, it isn't. And, you know, my goal at these events was not only to be the backgrounder. Like, I still do it today if we play in a restaurant or a club as a band. I still today, even if we're doing a dance set, even if it's a wedding, you're doing a dance set, maybe once or twice during that set, if you can't thrill the audience with your instrument or your voice or something that's really impactful, to me... Just get out of the business. You know, you you have to make an impression. You have to. I mean, you're gonna not only get fur, further business, but it's live music. It's not a radio. Yeah. It's not. There's a, a reason why people look for bars and restaurants that do have live music, especially once the weather gets yeah. nice, yep. because they, you know, it's a we can all go listen to whatever piped-in satellite music. Right. But yes, having somebody sit there and play is just a different feel. Yes, and the funny thing was, I remember talking to an old friend who, and. I said to him, you know, we're more like a club band, but we do weddings. And that's, you know, because remember, we- I mean, I remember weddings way back. You know, if you're entertainment, you have to wear a tux and you have to be, yeah. and you look <laughs> a certain way. And everything was, well, we better not be loud. And well, you still don't want to be loud, but you better be very careful and you better be this. And you bet. And it's like, oh, all these handcuffs. I was yeah. like, um, I'm an artist. Uh, you know, could you tell someone to paint the picture? Just use blue and green. Yeah. It's like handcuffs at me. And then I remember, I don't know, it was eight, 10 years ago. I said, I'm not wearing any tuxedos anymore. I can't stand it. Yeah. And if you don't want to hire me, I mean, if you really need me to wear a tuxedo, I will. But why can't I wear a really nice suit with yeah. nice colors and be stylish? And Well, also what? part of the reason someone is coming to you is because they fell in love with, with, with who you are, yeah. what you were singing, yeah. what you were doing. And then to say, oh, now come, but change every way yeah. that you do this. Yeah, for instance... Like the bridal shows. And I'm saying to myself, why do I want to get a thousand people like just poking my tire when I'd rather have, you know, 20 or 30 that say, I want that. And you want to work for the people that go, I want that. And there's because they're always going to be the happier person. How many times you must have done it? You know, I, I get calls. I need a 16 piece orchestra and I want them to play swing all night. And the first thing I say in my head is, um, they probably won't work at a wedding. You can't play swing music for three hours straight because the guests will throw tomatoes at the band at some point, just exaggerate. But, and variety wins. And as much as you think in the movies, you saw this 
16 piece swing band, you know, they probably had 30 second clips of it and yep. his two. And but we know, so right. Plus I, there's only like four people who know how to actually swing dance. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and then your guests will be bored. So, so, but that goes through my head. And then the other thing that goes through my head is like, you know, I could put together a few more musicians and do more swing, maybe a half a dozen more swing cuts and do and extend it and do it. And then I say to myself, you know what? It's not what I do. Right. So I say, you know what? Call, um, this orchestra and I know and two do. orchestras and you know what that's beautiful be engaged and inspired we'll be right back when your wedding entertainment has to have amazing music be fun organized and professional your choice has to be atmosphere productions DJs live musicians custom lighting and photo booths as seen on the TLC TV series Four weddings winner of the wedding wire couples choice award and DJ times DJ of the month experience the difference www atmosphere-productions.com that's www.atmosphere-productions.com hi this is marty q and i always listen to dj sam and kia on the be engaged and inspired podcast available free on itunes or google podcast you should listen in too. Engage Connecticut offers couples the opportunity to work with experienced wedding planners, one-of-a-kind wedding venues, along with design and wedding rentals. We plan real weddings for real couples. Located in West Hartford, serving all of New England, look for us on Facebook and Instagram under EngageCT and at www.engagedct.com. Now back to Be Engaged and Inspired with your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. Back in the 80s, when I first met you, then Kenny G was... Oh, the, he was the huge. Huge uh, songbird huge. was the big song. That's when you kind of exploded on the scene. 87, that, 88. Yes. I don't want to date you know what? us at that all. That propelled... <laughs> you might just have. Kenny G, which another thing is the jazz period, oh, the jazz guys and the saxophone was... He's the Tiger Woods of saxophone. You could like Tiger Woods, not like him, but... You can't deny when he entered the game, the game exploded and everybody wants to play and everybody wants to watch. And Kenny G did that for saxophone. Thank you, Kenny. So, but I was one of the only guys. I mean, I didn't even know another soprano saxophonist, the straight saxophone. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks it's a shiny clarinet. It's not, it's sax. And we know that. (laughs) But I was the only guy literally in the area in Connecticut, like that would apply himself to do a Kenny G song. But see... I thought Kenny G was great because he would take a simple melody and he just he played it so yeah. beautiful and he was writing the stuff. He, he He's really a super accomplished musician too, as he played with Jeff Lorber. So he wasn't, well, that's, I was, I was just going to say that for, for he's the, not just some sappy sax right. player playing this tear jerking music. I mean, which I'm, I'm really <laughs> getting to the point. You yeah. Know? I mean, for the aficionados out there that like jazz, um, Kenny G, Kenny Gorlick Kenny. was with Jeff Loeb yeah. Fusion in the late 70s. And you couldn't take your eyes off him. And he was all, when you go see Jeff Loeb, you're like, Absolutely. this guy is incredible. Right. And he is. Right. He's so, incredible. He so, mastered the instrument. And there's probably, in my book, three or four guys that mastered the instrument. And, and he's, he's one, one of them. them. Yeah. Gerald Albright is yeah. another. Yeah. Clive Davis, Arista Records, smartest guy out he there. He said, scoop him That's up. That's it. And, and we're going to make some money. Yeah. And, and they did. And he marketed the, the Soprano. So uh, another thing to back up. The backstory was uh, the fella from uh, what David Letterman's band, Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer. Yeah, in Paul Schaefer's band, the sax player's name was Bruce. He has wire. He's a he had wire circle glasses with. He always had a colorful vest on. He was a really good tenor player, great player, cool guy. His band was called the Trouble Boys, and they came to the Aquaturf, and they had to do. I did this twice. 
one time the first dance was a Kenny G song, like Forever in Love or something. Yeah, yeah. And the guy's like, oh, Bruce don't even have a soprano saxophone. <laughs> so they asked the Aquaturf, do you know any sax players in the area? Uh, <laughs> so I think um, they, they called me and said, hey, you know, we got a gig for you. Uh, this is, we're from New York City and our sax player is great, but he just, he don't even have a soprano. Do you, could you play Forever in Love? I said, oh yeah, yeah, sure. And I went and I played with the band there. And so I did yep. that twice. That's how popular Kenny G he was. was First dances. Yeah. And it was like, wow. So then I really got into the wedding thing. Like, wow, now we're doing bridal shows. Now we're doing, you know, now we're marketing for these things. Yeah. Right. Know? Not just, well, you You know, you Sam. You. Yeah. It's it's totally different now as back then. The, uh, back in the 80s, uh, early 90s, they would just call you because we saw oh. Marty Q and we want Marty Q to play oh, Cocktail yeah. Hour. That was it. There was no shopping around. The shopping is the new thing. You yeah. probably know that too, just, Kia. Unfortunately, yeah. yes, absolutely. Um, you know, the, remember the bridal shows? I remember going to the Aquaturf for a bridal show and booking five or six deposits that day because I would play and, and they would boom, I want that, boom, boom. And now you do a bridal show. I've done them. I haven't done one in three or four years because they shop, 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 look, look, get your flyer. And then they walk out and you might get an appointment that day. You might not. And that's just, that's the shopping thing. Well, yeah. it's the industry has changed too. I mean, yeah. obviously, as we know, for a while, live music sort of left weddings and it's actually slowly coming, creeping back yes. in because people slowly. realize that, like we said, it's, there's something else going on in the room. It's something more meaningful to it's have. It's a warmth. Yeah. Or, or it's a, however, I really still believe there are weddings that, absolutely should be just dj'd yeah and absolutely. and there are weddings that have a great band however you might you got to have the right songs on hand you also have to have the right group of people who are attending that wedding yes, some people really respond. are band people and some people their friends are not however a great band could take anybody <laughs> that's just my feeling it's and true. as well as a great dj oh, absolutely absolutely now how did you get into recording your stuff I think the first recording that I did was the Brain Forest um, with, I was Bobby Pickett, who yep. was a great friend of mine and a really incredible songwriter. I'm like his biggest fan. As far as lyrics go, I put him up there with Don Henley and Billy Joel. He's that good. And he's a local yep. guy, extremely smart. And he had the itch to record and he got me in the, we went in the studio and then once i was in there then you get bit you're like oh wow this is well it, it's but, it's a rare cd from 1994 which i happen to have in my crazy? formerly um uh, for those of you who don't know fingers. what a cd is it's like a little <laughs> tiny record that you put in a machine it was lasered and it would spin around and, and you put the needle on mm -hmm. them no nope, they're definitely no, not, not on that one. here crackle pop <laughs> So you did the brain forest uh, with with Bobby, yep, and that got the bug into you to do your own solo. Yeah, I followed up that full length CD with Unspoken. I went into the studio, said I got to play sax. I was so into David Sanborn at the time and Kenny G as well, but David Sanborn more as a deeper alto player. You know, Kenny G was the soprano, so playing soprano, alto, and tenor, I just wanted to record for my own so what happened was i went and recorded unspoken and i was asked by the waterbury the mall in waterbury they wanted to well before that unspoken did well i i got you know you have to sell your cds to get your money back so mm -hmm. you know it's 
it's pretty pathetic. You're driving around the city in, in the trunk of your car. You have a thousand CDs with your picture on it. And hey. you're like, hey, here's my CD. Hey. But MC Hammer did it. I played on street corner. I played on street corners down in Waterbury. I played at the mall. I played in restaurants. I played anywhere. And I had the CDs ready. And I say, look, make a donation, take a CD. And you build. And then, but the big kick for me was during Christmas time. Yes. I didn't have any money. You know, I was probably 21, I don't know, 22. I didn't really have a lot of money, 23. I don't know, I was young. And I was like, what can I give someone? I don't want to buy them something I'm not going to wear, something stupid. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in the studio. I'm going to record three Christmas songs. Yep. And just well. make a, a, a little EP and give it to my family. Make 10. I mean, mm -hmm. what, what could it cost me? A couple dollars. No, I, I remember when you when you said I'm gonna do a, a Christmas uh, yeah. CD, and we were like, "Yeah, you got it," because at the time there was just boring regular Christmas stuff yep. to have a jazz, very conventional. So yep. I did that, um, and that was like, I have to admit, the fella I did it, Bill Rowan, he's a piano player, and our goal was to make it warm and make it what we liked, like, um, like if you're entertaining at home. You know, and you put something on that's fa la 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 la, and it's constantly it's it's too much. It's too like much. just it chill make it out you a little slightly bit. Slightly angry times, and yes. Where your <laughs> instrumental stuff could come in handy because everybody knows the melody. Yep. You know, ba 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 ba. But if you just you don't have to sing it. You just so we did that, and I went into the mall in the Waterbury Mall, and I sold. I literally sold a couple thousand CDs. I was yep. like, wow, this is. And then I just nine full length CDs later. I'm. Wow, still bitten. I'm still in the recording studio all the time, as you, you know. Well, so. I don't think you're making CDs anymore, right? Well, we're making yeah, downloads now. Recordings yeah, and downloadable. Yeah. Actually, uh, it's pretty cool on iTunes. Yeah, now you could release a single mm -hmm. on iTunes. It's like, how cool is that? I mean, so, so your new single, this this segues perfectly. Your <laughs> it's new almost like we planned it, which we actually <laughs> didn't. Which is your new yeah. single is "Try Love." It's called "Try Love," and it's um, a beautiful song for a wedding, right? Well. Um, I guess, yeah, because over the years we've played wedding songs that, well, it's not really a love song, but there's a line or two in it yeah. that are hook with yep. the, the hook with the love. So, um, you know, it's, it's almost, it's, it's about a desperation, you know, I mean, and as a songwriter, the first line of your song better have some bite to it. And the first line of the song is probably not a wedding material but it says you know your ego is screaming to void me out like this is <laughs> well so that's desperation oh no and the, and the silence is a deafening shout however this young man is like but i have a heart full of gold for you and i have dreams and desires and i have everything so so why don't we try love like yeah. we went through everything let's try love and um you know and his last stand is going to be with her so it could be a love song yeah but just maybe just omit the first line i don't know <laughs> but, you know as a songwriter though I never thought of um, like saying, "Well, I'm going to write this for a I'm going to write this for a first dancer." Right. Um, it just comes. The only time I wrote a song, it was the mother son one of those dances. I did a song. I forgot the name of it. Um, but like, I'm not into those songs. They're very fluffy, and the, they try to put the perfect fluffy. words in, yeah. and it's like, yeah, mm, it feels a little forced. Mm, yeah, it's yeah, it's trite. It's yeah. forced. It's yeah. you know, it's you know, it's more. Um, pomp and circumstance then yep. you know but, so um you know that's where we're at so you know you know you get older you're just like i do what you you what's in your heart you know we feel it yeah you know like i always said if that's the thing about being at um a wedding sometimes you're 
your handcuffs like oh the other day we made a, a conscious decision my band we were at a dance and we always forever started out wise men say and it works and they the dance floor is packed and mm -hmm. then you go wherever you want to go and i'm saying it i say to my guitarist ed i said I don't know. I just can't do it tonight. I just can't. <laughs> so it's I one said, of my favorite we're way out in Torrington, uh, uh, Torrington Elks Club, and a lot of people, and the, they ate, they drank, they, they're ready to dance. And the first dance, the ballad's coming. I said, let's go with Tennessee whiskey. Oh. You know? <laughs> That's different. Yeah. And you know what, though, by Chris Stapleton? Everybody's, it was like the surprise on their face, and they were dancing, and they're like, they're, they were mouthing to me as we we're playing. I love this song. I love this song. I love this song. You know, it's about a guy who was saved from his woman before he killed himself with the bottle, you know? Yeah, but alcohol. You're smooth, Tennessee whiskey. <laughs> they loved it, though. So that's where I'm at. I, you got to be true, you know? Yeah. Well, I think also when people hire bands or somebody to come play at a wedding, like I said, you have to know who your crowd is. And that yeah. they are the people who are going to get on the dance floor, who do yeah. want that live music, that interaction, which is really yeah. important. You know, I have this theory. The more the bride and groom are a match and the more that they're in love and the more that they're having fun, the whole place is... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The more that... I'll put it this way. Go further. We'll get, the more that the guests in the family support these yeah. two... Yeah. Very true. And, and you can tell. It's an emotional circus. Key and I talk about this all the time. <laughs> we, we can tell just by looking at the bride and the groom. As as you're there and you can tell, is yep. this going to last yeah. two weeks, yep. two months, hey, two years, 200 how, years? How you can about tell. when you have them in your studio here or mm -hmm. you, and they're making decisions on, are we going to have this sectional for, you know, are we doing this or this? And, and one of them answers the questions and doesn't consider the other. And like, oh. They're doomed, you know. <laughs> Not or, always doomed. Or, Maybe they've come to an agreement, but yes, oh, there are I, classic signs that can I, trigger. That's a whole nother show. Yeah. But, like, or how about when they're when they're talking and they both look at each other, like, "What do you think?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah there you uh, go, there you, you go." Yeah. So, so your new song is going to be available on iTunes. Yes. What do I have to search to find it? Marty Q, like M A R T Y space Q is the artist's name. Try Love. All right. Very and simple. CD Baby, you said CD Baby's already on oh, there man. selling, yeah. Okay. Okay. So and uh, it'll be on Google and all, all the downloadable sites. At, okay. But so all the digital. We're going to have you um, grab your guitar and we're going to plug you in. And so we're going to play out with your new song. Beautiful. Sounds good. Your ego's been screaming to void me out. All of your silence is a deafening shout. But don't let me die with this heart full of gold and dreams and desires. With a future that's put on hold Given your space I don't believe in One last thing Before you're leaving Why don't we try love 
Engaged and Inspired podcast is copyright and produced by Atmosphere Productions in association with Engage Connecticut.